I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. FM 104. Do the tackle. Today's Tech Today. Oh yeah. Happy days. Quick roundup of uh, the tech news stories that have happened today and over the last week. Uh, I didn't realise, but <clears throat> yesterday and today was Prime Day. Did you know this? Like Prime... Amazon Prime Day. Oh, now, I didn't. There's no. a there's a worrying trend. You know the way we have um, Black Friday yeah. and Cyber Monday, and now we have Prime Day, all of which are becoming more prominent as the years go by. But in a way, right, our corporations becoming the new churches. And rather than having St. Patrick's Day or St. Bridget's Day or whatever it is, now we have St. Prime's Day and St. Cyber Monday Day. And now we're valuing commercial days over our religious days. They're coming in to, to take over from the religious duties of society. It's because um, you get good deals on very good tech things and... Oh, I know, but I just think it's getting a little bit r- ridiculous. Anyway, uh, yesterday and today, 48-hour Prime Day event, right? Amazon Prime are offering discounts and Amazon, the shop, is offering ridiculous dis- discounts, right? But yesterday alone, in 24 hours of this mega sale on Amazon, guess how much sales were done? As in money or just sales? Money, in, in money, in dollar terms, how much money on the 24 hours, the first 24 hours of this Prime Day? Staggering Five amount. million. Uh, no. Am I close? No, nowhere near. Way too little. Way too little. Close to a billion, I'm assuming. You've gotten the first digit right. You've gotten the first Five number. Five billion. Five point six billion. Stop. In twenty four hours, was spent on Amazon. Wow. Isn't that insane? So without Prime Day, that would never have happened. Uh, the only other days it usually happens on Thanksgiving or the Cyber Mondays and stuff like that. So That's five point six billion dollars was spent on Prime Day. Wow. That's what I'm saying. I think these days are becoming, we're more concerned about deals than our own souls. Well, it's not us doing that now. It is us doing that. Well, it is us buying the stuff, but I mean, Amazon obviously have a very good um, business model <laughs> to they do. create Prime they, Day. They, they do have a business model, which kind of leads on to the next story because uh, there's a petition to keep Jeff Bezos Bezos in space. He has got his own space travel company because he's worth a fortune. And like all good billionaires, if you're not launching your own space company, who are you? Elon Musk is doing it. Richard Branson is doing it. But uh, Bezos has his own space tourism company. Anyway, a change.org position has been set up, kindly asking Jeff Bezos to stay in space forever. Oh, that's a bit mean. 
I mean, the reason is he's one of the wealthiest men in the world, right? And because Amazon, I know Amazon, good business, helps a lot of people do a lot of things, but they've come under fire over the last number of years because some of their working conditions in some of their warehouses and fulfillment oh, centres were yeah, absolutely sorry. horrific. Yeah, where yeah, yeah, yeah. the drivers, Amazon drivers were forced to pee in bottles because yeah. they had such demanding deadlines. Uh, there was questions over toilet breaks. There was questions over working conditions in a lot of these plants that were highlighted. And it was like, this is ridiculously inhumane. What the hell is going on? So a lot of people are like, you know what, Jeff? You can go into space. Yeah, you're literally one of the richest men in the whole entire world and yeah. that's how you treat your yeah, yeah. your staff. You, okay. th- you think, you know, I know there's a difference between sales and revenue and all that kind of stuff. You'd imagine, anyway. Well, He'd we, probably be happy in space. He might, yeah. So anyway, the position says, uh, Jeff Bezos is actually Lex Luthor disguised as the supposed owner of successful online retail stores. So they're basically saying that he's an evil villain from Superman. And that he's over here to take Do you over believe the world. That? I mean, listen, I would consider it. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to dismiss it straight away. He's got enough money to be an eccentric, fairness, evil does. billionaire yeah. and do what he wants. You know what I mean? Yeah. And taking over space. So, uh, the th- the time of that story was published. Uh, there was thirteen thousand signatures on Change.org. So we, you know, I'm not sure how much, you know, how much more it's going to get. But yeah, okay. there's people who want him to stay in space because apparently they're not happy with what he's doing. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't agree with a lot of Well he might say but here's the ironic thing when the world is on fire from the pandemics and from the you know the global warming and the pollution and the toxic waste he probably will stay in space in a luxury floating mansion Exactly And we'll be all down there fighting over scraps And we'll be annoyed that we let and him we'll stay like, Damn there Damn it yeah come back let us up there So anyway that's a, a petition you can sign if you want for the crack uh, Also we mentioned this a while ago but the test flight has taken place We now have Flying cars. Yeah. But now we have racing flying cars. Why? We don't even need flying cars. I don't understand the need for these things. I know, yeah. We have a plane just, you know, okay, I know it's not good for the for the pollution and the environment or whatever. It's not good in the sky either. It's not. And it's dangerous as well. Uh, an Australian company, Evital, electric vertical takeoff or landing. Um... They're a small startup. They've created the world's first flying race car. And the idea is that it's going to be events where cars will be flying but racing against each other. Kind of like, I'd imagine, do you ever see the, the, is it the Red Bull? Is it the Red Bull? Do you ever see the, there's plane racing with it to go around it like a, a track kind of thing in the sky. They already have to, Oh God, no, fly. I haven't seen they that. They have to go through targets and they have to do loops and their speed. I can't remember what the name of it is. Uh, but anyway, these the hope it is hoped that four planes will be going against each other in these races that'll take place with these flying cars. So this operates on the ground as a car, and then you can take off and fly around the place. And this is the future we're living in. I imagine if you're into your uh, motor racing, if you're into your Formula One or your rallying, you probably you might like this a hell of a lot. That is absolutely terrifying. So yeah. when is that taking place? They have just successfully test flown the first model, the MK3 which is the uh, world's first flying racing car. They just tested it in a secret location in southern Australia. The video's gone up live, but they've tested it. Um, How far is it going up, by the way? Um, not too far. It can go, it, it can like, is it kind of hovering? Uh, yeah, I mean, it hasn't gone up to like 10,000 feet. It, it's just gone slightly up off the ground. It can do about 62 miles an hour in three, 2.8 seconds. Weird. Yeah. I mean, I'd be fascinated. I'd want to watch it, but yeah. I just don't... I don't understand why we... That is to. the future. 
car flying car racing it sounds like something out of sci-fi but so if you're stuck real. in traffic then in the future you can just fly over the traffic is that it until everyone gets to flying cars and then we'll be and then we start crashing in the sky uh, yeah, and not yeah. only are we crashing the cars yeah. we're actually falling on people's heads yeah so chaos deadly yeah. chaos is coming now in really interesting news really good progressive news the company that is producing one of the covid vaccines you know the Pfizer BioNTech, BioNTech, whatever. Uh, the company that's producing the COVID vaccine with Pfizer has just started phase two trials with a cancer vaccine. I saw this. Yeah, so that's really, really interesting. Now, so they're using similar technology uh, to develop this, and they have just kind of uh, kicked off the phase two clinical trials. To, to see with this so it'll be very interesting to see what happens apparently the technology behind the COVID vaccine uh, and everything that's involved with it in the genome sequencing and the modelling and all, all the stuff like that uh, is going to be hugely beneficial to potentially t- sooner rather than later down the line vaccinating making you immune from cancer very S- promising certain types of cancer so um it's going to be moving forward soon with stage three or stage four melanoma patients tracking their processes when they're inoculated to see if the vaccine can help once you have it. Apparently, it's very difficult to test this like because you don't want to give someone cancer. You don't want to give them a vaccine and then give them the cancer because then that's bad news. So they're working on it with people who are already got um, cancer to see if the vaccine provides any benefits once they have it. But I mean, who knows? It's definitely something that's going to... It's good news. Great good news. news, yeah. Stunningly good news, and fingers crossed that that gets developed in a, in a few years. We won't have to. That'd be amazing if that was eradicated off the planet. You'd be like, "Wow, job done, um, unbelievable." Anyway, um, bad news. The last two stories in relation to China. Bad news for cryptocurrency again. Bitcoin. Uh, China had been one of the main producers of Bitcoin. A lot of the Bitcoin mining took place in China. Uh, China have again clamped down on it and have today said that any banks in China are no longer allowed to take or facilitate transactions involving the cryptocurrency. So at its peak in the last, I think, mid-April, it was at about $63,000. And today it's fallen below $30,000. So it has fallen in value big time. Yeah. See, that's the danger with this cryptocurrency. I know, yeah. It's, it's a mad, volatile lottery. I just want to see what the price is as of right now. Because over the last while, you've seen... People on TikTok and Instagram being all like, I'm a crypto trader, do what I do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you get all those ads. If you want to have a stress-free life and not work a day in your life, why don't you just invest? And yeah, I mean, it sounds great in theory. And then everyone tries to do it and... You lose out in a huge amount of money. Yeah, so right now it's it's up slightly again. $32,000 for one Bitcoin. Um, It had a bit... Like today, it went from, what did it go from 32 at its lowest? It was about, yeah, 20, 20 something. But this has just come from China who are clamping down on it. One, apparently, there's there's a massive amount of energy involved in running the servers that mine Bitcoin. So that's apparently one issue. And also China is coming up with their own digital currency so they can track everyone's spending. Ah, Because the yes. communist state like that needs, needs to know what you're up to. They need to know what's going on there now. We'll see what the story is. Uh, and then the final story in China as well, which is a very strange one. A university over in China has, in Beijing, created a artificially intelligent student who's going to study in the university. Why would they do that? Listen, AI has taken over presenter jobs, it's taken over banking jobs, it's taken over smart cars, taxi bus drivers, we're all out of work. And now students, if you thought it was going to be hard... (laughs) <laughs> to one, get the points to go to college. To two, move up to Dublin, trying to afford to live here. Now you're going to be competing with AI-powered 
virtual students who will be able to learn everything in a fraction of a second and just put you put you out in your ear. That's bizarre. Yeah. You could copy their homework. You could. I don't know if they'd be intelligent enough to agree to that. But uh, Hua Jibing, I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly, apologies, uh, registered, became the student of Beijing's Qingzhou University on Tuesday. A AI-powered virtual student. So... Where, where is this world going? Bleh, yeah, it's a computer program. Kind of, think of it like The Sims, except whatever way they're doing it, they're going to link it in and it'll be uh, studying everything in the classes it's doing. It is studying... Um, it's going to study in the computer science and technology course and we'll be doing um, all of those things and even taking the exams God. And, and learning. Apparently it likes poetry. It, like, it can already compose tunes, write poems and draw pictures. That is... Insane. So we're going to get to a point where Amazon, the big company, will yeah. be hiring artificially intelligent people to work in their factories. They'll never have to pay them. They'll never have to worry about annual leave or time off. And then the students, the universities will just be there to help program the robots to go into the workforce. And the rest of us can fight over scraps. That's what we can do. That sounds like a fun What future. a life. Yeah. What a life we are all living. I am excited. Oh God, that's bleak. Realisation, isn't it? Dun, dun, dun. Anyway, that's been Control, Alt, Delete. Any other stories, you can always let us know if you've missed anything interesting. You can uh, drop us drop us a line. Uh, Medusa's on the way shortly with Dermot Kennedy. Now, though, James Vincent McMorrow, one of the... Uh, he was the first gig in 15, 16 months to take place there recently in the Ivy Garden. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Okay, if you've just joined us, we were talking about the worst drivers on the road. 4,000 drivers were surveyed to uh, determine, like, who do we all hate on the road? Who do they consider the worst drivers on the road? Uh, what particular car? What type of drivers? Is it Mercedes drivers? Is it Beamers? Is it Audis? Is it, is it Golf drivers? Who? Who are they? 0876797104. You are going with... I'm going to stick with BMW drivers are the worst. BMW drivers. Why do they always get such a bad name? It's not fair. Not all BMW drivers, all right? Not all of them. Just 99.9%. <sighs> I know lots of positive very good BMW drivers. Do you though? No, I don't. And they're always usually the same person. <laughs> no. What? What are you on about? It's always a guy in his early 40s, late 30s. I thought you were going to say like mid 20s. No. Late 30s, early 40s. That's just a little bit angry. They're the ones I see now that I'm grouping together for this survey. Yeah. Just trying to get the facts right here. Okay, uh, the top five uh, least favourite drivers, most hated drivers on the road, we should say. Um, I'm correct. You are correct and right. BMW got 40 with 39.1% of the vote. That is how these 4,000 drivers said, you know what, the least favourite drivers on these roads, BMW drivers, don't like them. Why does it say that, though? Uh, it said they're most likely to cause an accident and they're incredibly, apparently, inconsiderate. Yeah, I'm correct and right. Yeah. And in second place, unsurprisingly again. Well, only but only 14%, and 14.1% of the vote, but yeah, Audi drivers are disliked as well. I have massively. actually got three out of the five, the top five worst, or sorry, least favourite drivers on the road. BMW are the least, least favourite, then Audis, then Lads in the White Van, apparently. A lot of people hate Lads in the White Van. Yeah. The only other thing about <clears throat> Lads in the White Van kind of drivers is 
they will pull up in the middle of the road to if they're unloading stuff. You know what I mean? They they will have to do that or pull up on a path and kind of cause a bit of of blockage just for a second. Now, in their defence, in your defence, white van drivers, now that we're pedestrianising absolutely everything, it's very, very difficult to... Yeah, you can't. Your loading bays are gone. Yeah. So it's like, oh, what do we do now? But apparently, least third least favourite, the fourth is the Range Rover yeah, drivers. the Range Rover, that's what I said. The moms, the posh moms in their car, blocking the road for no reason. Yeah, and then at the end, I mean, I don't... I don't 4% said Ford drivers. I mean, a Ford, uh, Ford Focus... Sometimes you get the young aggro lads. I would put the Ford Focus lads who have a bit of a body kit on their car in the same crowd as uh, if you drive a BMW. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Like the Ford Jeep, no. I mean, Honda Civics didn't make it in. They're nice, aggressive drivers. They are, but they don't tend to annoy people during rush hour traffic. They go to the car parks. Oh, yeah, fair enough. And zoom around there. Do it zoom zoom. Who are the nicest drivers? Oh, good question. What was it crapping on BMW drivers? Hashtag not all BMW drivers, of course. Who are the the nicest drivers? Who are the nicest drivers? I would probably say... Hmm. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hmm. God. Who are Sam drivers? Like a Fiesta. No, Fiesta is your first car. You're not that confident. You don't know what's going on. No, no, the newer one. The one that the older, usually older ladies would drive. Mm. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? No. It's not, I, don't th- I don't think it's a Ford Fiesta. What is the other one? Maybe it is. The, the new version of that. Mm. I'm not talking about your first car back in the day. I'm talking about the ones now. Like 2020, 2021. Who are the soundest drivers? In, in Dublin now, like we were trying to list, who would you say soundest drivers? I'm, I'm saying them a- just because they're never in a rush, right? They, right. they usually will let you out. Yeah. Uh, they don't usually go too fast. They're not usually aggressive. Yeah. You know, they tick all the good boxes. I know they can be also annoying because 
they might make mistakes on the road and you nearly crash into them. But the others are box ticking. Um, again, I would probably say Fiat 500. Really? I mean, they're harmless. Ah, uh, but they're very small and... Yeah, but they're not annoying. Fiat 500, but they're, they're panicky drivers. Do you think? Yeah, because their car gets blown all over the shop because it's a tiny little car and they feel intimidated by the Range Rovers and stuff. They're just like, uh, all time. Who are sound Who are the soundest drivers? What type of car do the soundest drivers in the country, in the city, drive? I'm trying to think of sound people. <laughs> what do you drive? <laughs> yeah. Because we, we have the worst. Apparently BMWs and Audis, everyone, everyone hates them. Sorry if you're in a BMW or Audi right now. But you've only got yourself to blame. You and your aggression, breaking lights, cutting across people, not indicating. Yeah. Racing your mates down the Navin Road. I actually don't know the question to that. Or the answer to that question. I don't know. Who who are the soundest drivers? Yeah. What do they drive? Can we say bus drivers? Well, they, they yeah. They're bus usually, drivers are pretty sound. They are 100% sound, yeah. I'm going to go with bus. What bus route, though? 17, oh, the one bus, 39. brilliant. Number one and the 18. They're really sound bus drivers. Right, okay. Yeah, if you are listening and you drive a one bus or an 18. I'll give you a 37. If you drive 37, job done. Yeah. Soundest ones. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I think it really depends. You know, at the end of the day, if you're a bit of an a-hole, you might be more likely to buy one of these five cars, okay? Yeah. But otherwise, you could be driving anything. And if listen, if you're a sound individual, you consider yourself a sound driver as well. You let people in, you always indicate, you don't break the rules and you don't cause any havoc or chaos. What is the car that you're sitting in? do a little, our own little bit of research let us know you can drop us in a message 87 Dermot Kennedy Medusa this is Paradise it's F104 you're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon FM 104 Medusa Dermot Kennedy Paradise it's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104 reminded Strawberry Lamp Clock this Friday none other than the legend that is Edward Sheeran cannot wait to hear what he's up to because as you know Crossy said earlier on he's been very quiet yeah he's been hidden away he does that every now and then he disappears for a while goes to live in a cabin realises he's got so much money that he doesn't need to do it that's the thing he became a father and I'd say he was like do you know what why why work when I could just stay at home with my baby and maybe just chill out uh, <laughs> just do that and go yeah sure why not say nothing um, alright uh, we're talking as well out of 4,000 drivers surveyed They've said that BMW and Audi drivers are their least favourite. They're the most hated drivers on the road, apparently. Not Don't shoot the messenger. If that's you in an Audi or BMW, you're not liked. And maybe it's no. because of other bold um, bold drivers. An Audi driver, yeah. Jacinthe, you got that correct and right as well. No sign of Hondas. Look at this. Oh, yeah. Hondas. Hondas. But do they not fall into the category of the, the Zoom Zoom cars? Oh, the Zoom Zoom cars. Yeah, the ones that vroom, Can vroom. I have a Zoom Zoom car? Uh, well, there's the Honda Civic. It's what, The sure. ones that you kind of do up. The two upper cars. The two upper cars. Yeah. You know the lads, they're usually quite young and they'll get them cars and then they'll... Well, we have those cars. Put loads of money into them. We do them up. Wrap them in F104 branding. Job done. But are they not usually used for, you know, doer upper cars? Mm. You know, where you can put the alloy things on and... I don't know anything about <laughs> yeah, cars. It's just I'm on those type of cars, yeah. They can't do it on any other car, unfortunately. It's annoying. Um, but anyway, the nicest... Nicest taxi drivers. Can't wait for the reply. What? You think the nicest, Gary. the nicest cars on the road are taxi drivers? 
But we know you're a taxi. But driver. what type of of car are you driving? Like, uh, like what what is your taxi car? If you're in a, a, I've never actually seen a BMW taxi driver. No, I haven't. You said a Merc, though. They they'd yeah. be pretty nice. They'd be they'd show for you around the place. Although you'd be terrified of getting it dirty. Do you know when you go oh, no, in? Yeah. I'm scared of my fake tan. Maybe running into the seat. You know. No, you you wouldn't get one. That wouldn't be a late night taxi. That'd be like uh, from the airport or to the airport kind of taxi. Yeah, I'm talking about to a business meeting. I'm talking about during the day. Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah, see, that's the worst part. You wear a little skirt, and then suddenly their their white leather seats are brown. Yeah, and they're worried about soilage. Mm. I mean, do they? Do you have to pay for fake tan? Oh, I don't know. Damage, I wonder. Uh, 0876797104 and we're getting lots of weird messages in from a lot of weird people <laughs> about OnlyFans accounts as well thanks for those OnlyFans accounts is that a hint that we should set one up or? maybe maybe we'll do a room on a four OnlyFans and we'll start making making bank bro make it a huge huge amount of money well I don't know what you're doing but I'm doing my calendar my, oh, na- yeah. my naked calendar no we're doing the nudie calendar it oh has to be both. right okay I thought so, you were going to step out of that for No, no, no. I've got to get in there. What do they call it? January. Her- hairy. Oh, you're trying to say January is in hairy. Her- or hair- you can't even say that word, can you? <laughs> no. Try and say hair. Put hair instead of January in. Hair you airy. Hair you airy. It's a picture of you. Yeah, in the nip. But you it, wouldn't yeah. know I'm in the nip because there's so much hair. Oh, God. What a beautiful sight to behold. Uh, yeah, we we might do that. Um, still trying to figure out the nicest, the nicest drivers on the road are. Who are they? What are they? I'm just. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to say bus drivers are the nicest drivers on the road. And I'm sorry to Gary, who is a taxi driver listening in, but not all taxi drivers are nice. Most bus drivers are nice. They are. Listen, uh, Gary, you know when you're driving your taxi that there's a holes. Robbing your jobs, just wrecking the bus. So, you like you can't. You're, you're, we're not talking about you personally. We're talking about everyone. We're just grouping you in with a whole class of people. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Same with the cars. Um, yeah. In fairness, we'll see if we can get to that. Uh, before before we wrap up this evening, we must. The Room One Hundred Four Sandwich World Cup. We are not in the Euros, unfortunately, so we're jumping on a new bandwagon. The world's first Sandwich World Cup here on Room 104. We want to find out what place in Dublin, what is the single greatest sandwich in the city? So we have loads and loads of nominations that have come in. I have obviously said the Village Yard of Ballybrack. They do a very good ham and chicken kind of, sometimes turkey. You can actually get whatever you want in it. It's a giant sandwich. You don't eat it in front of people because it's so messy, but so, so good. Uh, that was just my suggestion. Now, we've had a number of lovely ones. Uh, 147 Delhi. The yep. Reuben. That sounds like, uh, I don't know, if I, corned sounds beef. Very and it's, it sounds fancy, but I would be willing to try it. Ali uh, sent in that nomination as well. Um, I love Cajun chicken. Anything with Cajun chicken, I'm all for. Social Fabric, that came in uh, from Emer. Connor said, turkey special in pickles in Kimmich. Never been to that one either. Now, Here's the deal. We're looking for the single greatest sandwich, so you need to nominate the sandwich and the establishment that will uh, provide it for you, okay? We can't just be the location. We're getting loads in on Instagram, right? People saying, oh, the White Moose Cafe or Kennedy's in Dublin or Goat's Gruff. We know they do amazing sandwiches, but we need to know what specific sandwich you're talking about here. You obviously go in, you get your sandwich, maybe it's every day, maybe it's once a week. What sandwich are you getting? A toasted ham and cheese? Maybe it's just a toasted cheese sandwich? We need to know this specific sandwich that you cannot miss out on. 
So we're going to be taking... Uh, we've got far more than 16 sandwiches already. We put them into a group, into group stages. They'll be voted on Twitter and then uh, the... Knockout stages will be run over on our Instagram. So it's at FM104 on Twitter. We'll put the group stages up tomorrow or the next day. We're just giving you your last chance here to nominate the single greatest sandwich in Dublin. Uh, like people have said, the Jer's Deli out in Ballyferma, which we've heard numerous times. But what is this specific sandwich we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it could be anything like a BLT. It could just be a classic ham sandwich. It could be a crisp sandwich if some places are doing that. Yeah. We'll take anything. Anything. It can be a toasty as well. Uh, the only rule is that it has to be served on slices of bread. Yeah, it can't be served on a ciabatta. It can't be on a roll. It can't be on a wrap. It can't be on a pita bread type thing. It's got to be sandwiches. It has to be, yeah. It has to be sandwiches. That's yeah. it. So, I mean, we've had questionable comments over steak sandwiches as well. If the steak sandwich isn't served on a slice of bread, we cannot accept it, unfortunately. It's the same with a breakfast roll. We don't want a breakfast roll, but you can get the breakfast in a sandwich. In a, sandwich. a breakfast sandwich. Job done. Yeah. No worries at all. So, here's how it's going to go. The last few spots here for qualification will be filling up over the next uh, over the next day. Probably over the next few minutes, anyway. And then the, we're going into four groups of eight. The matches will be going live on our Twitter. You can vote for your team, for your sandwich, and help get them through to the next round. And then we'll whittle it down to the point where we will have a final. There will be a Sandwich World Cup final. Two sandwiches from Dublin will go head-to-head, and there will be an overall winner. Yeah, and we are going to taste them. (laughs) We will have to go out and kind of go, yeah, we'll have to taste them as well. So listen... Where have you had a special, beautiful, delicious sandwich that you're like, wow, that was magic? Whether it was in the city centre or it's out near you, it's in your local town, your local village, what's the story? Let us know where it is, 087-67-97104. We'll put them in for the last couple of spots here in the Sandwich World Cup. And uh, yeah, we'll kick off the tournament now. It's been officially launched this evening. This is the opening ceremony. So uh, get them into us if you have any other good ones that we have missed so far. Joel Curry on the way next with Lonely Stuff 104. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. FM 104. It's Room 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. You can get in touch 87 And 2020, you may have, we, well, we all know it's been one of the craziest years on record. And the start of this year, 2021, hasn't been much better. But when it comes to things like extraterrestrial life, alien intelligence, where are your thoughts on it? Do you think uh, we'll ever discover it? Do you think aliens are already here? You can let us know. Joining us now to talk a little bit more about our content with a potential alien life. He is a Harvard professor from the Department of Astronomy. He's got a brand new book coming out, Extraterrestrial, The First Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth. And we're delighted to welcome to the show Professor Avi Loeb. How are you, Avi? Thanks for having me. So take us back. You have a rather controversial opinion about, you know, us being exposed to extraterrestrial life. Can you take us back to, this is in relation to an event that happened, um, was it last year where it seemed as if an asteroid was coming in contact with Earth, but you're suggesting that it might be something different? Well, it was uh, October 2017. Uh, The first object that came from outside the solar system was spotted uh, near Earth. Uh, It it was called Oumuamua, which means uh, a scout, a messenger from Mm. far away because it was discovered in Hawaii and uh, the meaning of it in the Hawaiian language. Uh, And at first, of course, everyone, all the astronomers thought that uh, it must be a rock, like the asteroids or comets that we had seen before from within the solar system. This object was definitely coming from outside because it was moving too fast to be bound to the sun. But then uh, as time went on, it became clear that this object doesn't look like anything we have seen before. Its shape was... uh, very extreme, much longer than it is wide. It was pushed by a mysterious force because we haven't seen any cometary tail that could give it a push uh, as we see in comets. And uh, moreover, um, it looked like it's uh, shiny and flat, 
the based on the light that it reflected uh, from the sun. And we suggested that the extra push that it gets, uh, since we don't see a cometary tail, could be just by reflecting sunlight. The sunlight is giving it a kick. Um, and actually, I should say this year, uh, I mean, a few months ago, in September 2020, there was another object found, and that one also showed the push by sun- reflecting sunlight. But uh, then uh, the astronomers figured out that um, in 1966, there was a rocket booster that was kicked into space from uh, uh, a mission called the Surveyor 2 Lunar mm. Lander. And uh, that is the object that was found, and it was hollow and thin. Because of that, it was also pushed by sunlight. So we could tell when an object is not a rock, when it, it behaves in a way that it, it must be very thin, and nature cannot produce such, such things. And in the case of the object that was found just recently, we know that we produced it. It's a, you know, NASA oh, weird, launched yeah. it into space. But in in the case of the other one, Oumuamua, we don't know where it came from. This is mad. So obviously the shape of this is much longer and not like a comet or a meteor that we've typically seen. So the only other thing we've spotted in space has been man-made. Yeah, I mean, um, so uh, in this case, uh, we concluded that in order for sunlight to push it, it needs to be less than a millimeter thick. And, uh, you know, there are... We are currently developing this technology of light sails where Mm. we push a sail uh, by reflecting light off it. It could be sunlight or it could be a laser beam. And uh, just like the sail on a boat that is being pushed by uh, the wind, the air reflecting off it, you can have a push given by the light reflecting off a surface. And and we are using it for space exploration because uh, you don't need to carry the fuel uh, with the spacecraft if you use this technology. So it could well be that another civilization mastered this technology by now. That was the suggestion in a scientific paper that we uh, that I wrote. And since then, I uh, worked on uh, many other aspects of this object and wrote papers about it. Uh, I should say that, you know, there were people that tried to explain it in a natural way. Yeah. Um, but in all of in all of these cases, they had to invent something that we have never seen before, like for example, a dust bunny. You know, the kind of thing that you find in a household, a collection of dust particles. You know, a dust bunny that is yeah. being pushed by sunlight. That's something we've never seen before, and uh, it's not clear that it can survive the the journey through interstellar space. Another suggestion was maybe it's a hydrogen uh, iceberg, you know, something that we've never seen before, just made of hydrogen, frozen hydrogen. Uh, And then we would not see the cometary tail because when it evaporates, hydrogen is transparent. But uh, again, this this kind of a thing would not survive uh, going through interstellar space. Sunlight would evaporate it very quickly. So anyone that tried to explain the properties of this object uh, went to great... uh, at great length to invent ideas that, you know, something that we've never seen before. And my point is, you know, if it's something that we've never seen before, we should consider the possibility that it's artificially made. And so that's all of the details uh, about the object and why I think this way are in my book uh, about to come out uh, in a couple of weeks, um, also in, in the UK and Ireland. I mean, it would be huge if it was, but how can we prove that? Yes. So the problem is um, we discovered we had a guest for dinner and we discovered that this guest is weird only by the time that uh, it went out uh, the front door into the dark street. You know, so uh, we couldn't really chase uh, Umuamua once we figured out that it's uh, unusual. Uh, It was moving too fast. 
But if we were to discover it when it was approaching us, and that was July uh, 2017 instead of October when we actually noticed it, then uh, we, we, we could have sent uh, a camera on a, on a CubeSat that would meet it and take a photograph of it from up close. And so the, the lesson from that is uh, we should survey the sky. And there is a, actually a telescope designed to look uh, at the sky and survey it uh, in a few years uh, that is much more sensitive than the one we used in, in Hawaii and uh, should find objects like that, you know, every month or so. So we survey the sky and whenever we notice something that looks that unusual, we should uh, obviously get more data, yeah. try to find out what it is, what its nature is. Sort of like walking on a beach and, uh, you know, looking at uh, seashells, but every now and then you notice a plastic bottle and uh, maybe there is a message in the bottle. So if we presume, let's say, it is from another civilization, it is from another intelligent civilization millions and millions of miles away and they sent this probe or the ship or whatever it is, why do you think it didn't stop and have a look around Earth? Oh, because, uh, you know, it's moving at a speed that it takes it uh, tens of thousands of years to traverse the entire solar system. So it's not as if uh, whoever, you know, produced this knew that we exist and and just targeted us Mm. in any way. Uh, It's not clear what the purpose of this thing is. Uh, It could be just a relay station for communication. It could be, you know, a a road post. Uh, But there are many such things. There is a grid of things that is used for navigation in interstellar space. Who knows what this, this is? Or it could be just a, a piece of material that was ripped off uh, the surface of another, you know, of a bigger spacecraft. Uh, we don't know what it is, but the point is, if it's artificially made and comes from outside the solar system, it's important, you know, it's an mm. important piece of evidence that we are not alone. And, and there is no reason for us to think that we are alone. I, I, you know, I just, I think it's arrogant for us to think that we are unique and special when we know that uh, roughly all the, uh, you know, Half of the sun-like stars have a planet of the size of the Earth roughly at the same distance from the star, and you could have liquid water on the surface and life as we know it. So uh, why should we think that we are alone? And moreover, I don't think that we are the sharpest cookie in the jar. We are not <laughs> the smartest kid on the block, you know. Definitely so, not. Um, the events I think of the last it's arrogant. Anyway, yeah. Anyone that, yeah, I, I mean, when you open the morning newspaper, obviously you recognize that we are probably not very smart, right? You could imagine yeah. things that are much smarter than that. Uh, is there any uh, idea on which way it was headed? We were able to track to see where it was going. Is it in an orbit, or is it just kind of gone now? Oh no, no, it's uh, it's definitely unbound to this. It will move out of the solar system eventually. But we cannot really chase it for, for two reasons. One, it's moving faster than any rocket we, we launched in the past. But but the second is that um, you know as it moves away from the sun, it becomes very dim, very faint, roughly inversely with distance to the fourth power, you know, very quickly. So now it's uh, a million times uh, fainter than it was when it was next to us. Uh, Just because the amount of sunlight reflected from it drops very quickly. So it's extremely dim. And if you wanted to find it, you would need uh, to launch a spacecraft that you know, would be equipped with a big telescope that can see it because it's uh, very faint right now. And was there anything else worth looking into when you discovered this object in space? Yeah, I think, uh, well, my book, the second important message from my book has to do with us because obviously when you think about life uh, in space, it reflects on how we behave. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, I must say, I'm, I'm really puzzled by the way that the scientific community reacts 
to this possibility because it's a taboo subject. You're not supposed to discuss the possibility that there is an extraterrestrial intelligence out there and that some anomalies that we see in the sky may be explained by that. There is a backlash against discussing it. And I think it's a missed opportunity because we have the technology to search for intelligent life out there and we cannot put blinders uh, and we uh, so we should be open-minded and the public is extremely interested in this question so how dare the scientists shy away from uh, addressing this question that that's the second issue that i bring up in my book brilliant well professor avi loeb who's uh, the chair of harvard's department of astronomy who has written extensively about that if you're listening you can check it out at the end of the month extraterrestrial the first sign of intelligent life beyond earth sounds uh, fascinating and interesting but professor thanks a million for giving up your time this evening thanks for hosting you're listening to the room 104 podcast with cormac moore and sir shalon fm 104 When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.